You're listening to the Helpful NPCs podcast. We offer ideas to make your tabletop role-playing games even better. The Helpful NPCs podcast is not safe for work. Our immaturity is matched only by our vulgarity. You can check us out at helpfulnpcs.com or contact us at info at helpfulnpcs.com. Chapter 2, Part 3 is about the other guys, the character classes that are available other than the core four. If you're interested, you can head on over to Part 1, where we discuss the races and classes that are available. And if you're interested in what the core four are, head over to Part 2 of Chapter 2. So, past those, we'll talk about some of the other classes And we're going to start with what we would mostly call variant classes. So, Tom, what would you call a variant class? Uh, Essentially, they're classes that are based off of a parent class that interacts with the rest of the game mostly the same way they do. So here we are going to talk about barbarians, druids, and sorcerers. Uh, Barbarians were introduced to the game as a fighter variant. They were initially a tribal outdoorsman, and I believe they also had some mechanics where they were anti-magic. But today they're mostly just, they fly into a berserker frenzy a couple times per day. They do some damage. Um, They're strong. They can take hits. And frankly, they're super boring and don't do much of interest. Some of the later archetypes have expanded that, but the core barbarian is really boring. And that's probably controversial to someone somewhere. They're not mechanically weak. They're just not very fun to play. I know we had a guy playing a barbarian in our last game. and he got very strong. Yeah, but he got bored. He got so bored. And a lot of their mechanic is also reliant on daily recharge like a wizard. It can be used frequently enough that you're probably not going to have an issue with it, but it feels kind of awkward for them to be on a daily recharge like the wizard. It should also be noted that Conan the Barbarian was not a barbarian, but rather a fighter thief. Yes, Conan was a fighter. A thief. Fighter thief. Uh, the next up is the druid, which is just a nature cleric who does some shape shifting. They have a better rounded spell list, and some of their stuff's more interesting. Uh, I think call lightning is a pretty cool spell. Things like animal messenger. Now the druid is of these three probably the one that stands on its own the most. I, I would definitely agree with that. And the sorcerer, it's just a wizard except for it uses charisma and has a couple of other mechanics. Their big thing is they have a magical heritage or lineage, and they don't use a spellbook for their spells, unlike a wizard. So they have a bloodline, which is the idea that somewhere along the line, something funny happened in their family tree. (laughs) Probably drow elves. They're all tieflings, though. Yeah. And today they're sort of mutated, which is why they have magic. So the sorcerer sacrifices the amount of spells, but they gain flexibility because they don't have to uh, memorize spells. And they gain uh, a little bit of other stuff with like... Uh, metamagic they abilities do. and stuff like that. You know, we've had people play sorcerers that were really fun. In terms of role, I think it does what the wizard does less successfully than the wizard, uh, just because the wizard has such incredible versatility. So past that, uh, we also have hybrid classes. 
So Jake, talk to us a little bit about the hybrid classes. So the first one is probably the most hybrid of any class ever, which is the Bard. Bard's a weird class. It's a very odd class. Um, Initially, the Bard was introduced as uh, almost like uh, a career path or like an achievement almost. Yeah. The the three classes you had to multi-class into before you got to Bard were Fighter, Rogue, which was then called a Thief, and Druid, which really doesn't make a lot of sense but that's what you had to do mm-hmm. and the bard is a really good class today like they're they have a lot of versatility they're mm-hmm. pretty decent at doing things and the whole point of them is and this is i'd say more at the forefront now they have magical abilities that they express through song or poetry or some kind of performance mm-hmm. now i played a bard in our last big D campaign I think they got a little too magic-y in this setting, actually, or in this iteration of the game. I really like the Bard from two versions of the game ago, uh, which would be the third edition Bard that was really versatile, but not super strong at any one thing. They're very, very powerful now, but it doesn't quite land for me as a Bard as I know it to be. Yeah, and then it kind of runs into that same problem of your job as an adventurer makes you so much money and gets you so much reputation. Why are you singing? Yeah, why are you going around singing? You don't have to dance on the poles (laughs) no more. The second of the kind of hybrid classes is the paladin, Mm -hmm. which originally was a variant of the fighter, but nowadays it's it's basically a fighter slash cleric. Paladin uh, belongs to like a religious or spiritual order. And their whole job is they fight the enemies of that order, mm-hmm. quite literally killing them, hacking them to death with their swords. They are a martial class, but they have a decent amount of spell casting, um, a lot of support spells, healing spells. And they also have the ability to channel their magic instead of actually casting a spell. They just channel it into their weapon and it deals a lot more damage. Mm-hmm. They're a very popular class today, too. And they're they're pretty well designed, actually. You yeah. played one. How did you enjoy playing that, Jake? Um, I, I liked playing the Paladin. I played a little bit of a different version of it, a dexterity-based. Um, I f- did find that I used my spells maybe half a dozen times in the whole game. Otherwise, yeah. I was just channeling them into divine smite all the time and what's kind of interesting is you mentioned they have a mechanic where they burn their spells to do extra damage which is a very cool mechanic but what they run into is they kind of fit awkwardly into the quartet of core classes because they frequently shoot their wad and then they're out and then they're just a fighter with no features. Um, a worse fighter. Yeah. yeah, we've had two paladins now that we've played long-term campaigns with that did that. And both of them, uh, you guys would shoot your wads and then you'd be kind of out. And so they kind of fit awkwardly into that hierarchy where they can't go all day like a rogue or a fighter. They have to frequently rest so they can get their powers back. The final class that I'm going to talk about is the one that is near and dear to my heart. And sadly, in many RPGs, is the worst slash weakest class, and that is the ranger. Yeah, it's not good. I love the concept of a ranger. Going back to my nerd Lord of the Rings love, ever since Strider got introduced, and he was a ranger who was a man who lived in the wilderness, made it safe for other people. 
it had this kind of mystique about it of like uh, a wanderer who was capable of living on his own for an extended period of time, Mm -hmm. but who served like a greater purpose. That sort of ethos kind of appeals to me a lot. Okay. Um, So I love the Ranger. Uh, It was initially a fighter variant. And I guess you would say it's closest to a druid fighter rogue now. It's got Um, a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. And they have one thing about the Ranger, which probably makes it the weakest class as written in the core book is they have a large number of out of combat or specialized exploration abilities. Mm -hmm. And in contrast to the rogue, whose exploration abilities are specifically for the dungeon, the ranger is much more nebulous and it's more of a wilderness type of exploration. I've honestly seen come up in very few games, um, which I think lends to the whole idea that the ranger is not mechanically the greatest class it should be noted that in earlier editions of the game wilderness exploration especially with hex crawls was a huge part of the game Mm -hmm. so that class was designed to provide a role to support that it is less so now a days you don't see that big sprawling miles upon miles of wilderness in every direction that you're journeying through in and, and if you do, it's resolved in a couple sentences, and then you get to something more interesting. I would argue the reason the ranger is so weak, and it's it's always commonly considered to be the worst class in 5th edition from a design standpoint, is they did not carve out a good mechanical niche for it the way they did the paladin. So you've got the paladin, oh, I burn spells to do extra damage, so it has cleric spells it is a fighter but then it has that smite mechanic that sort of blends the two together they never really figured out how to do that for the ranger and the unique mechanic that it does have which is like uh, special abilities and its chosen terrain and special enemies that it does more damage to are way too specific. Um, If you're listening to this and you're going to play a ranger in your game, uh, make sure to look at the uh, Tasha's book or the Xanathar's book. Um, Those both have ranger options that are deliberately stronger than what exists in the core book. Tasha's actually has one that is basically a patch for the existing Beastmaster. No reason not to use that. There's nothing magical about content that's been put in the core book. Yes, especially because the Ranger has been redesigned like five different times now, and they still can't just quite get Mm -hmm. it right. But it is still very fun to play. I had a blast playing my Ranger. You did like If you want to play that, I would... Yeah, and in my day, I'll tell you, in my day, those were like the badass class. People loved Rangers back in like the second edition days of D&D. That was considered like the cool class. So we have a couple of classes that are neither hybrids nor variants, but that I'm going to say are kind of the weird classes. Uh, So the first is the monk. The monk is a Kung Fu Shaolin monk. And it does not fit in D&D fantasy. So what you have to understand is at the time that Dungeons and Dragons was created, there was a big Kung Fu movie craze happening in the 70s. Bruce Lee. The Kung Fu TV show that was initially written for Bruce Lee that ended up starring David Carradine. 
Such a step down. Such a step down. And I definitely choked on that one. Oh my oh. god, I was gonna make a crack about that, but wow. So anyway, the uh monk is actually very old and it showed up in the very original games, apparently. And that is they just threw it in because they liked it at the time. Um and because of that, I can kind of get down with the concept of the monk, but I would say if you are doing a super European fantasy game, like inspired by fairy tales or King Arthur or something, and you don't want a monk there, I mean, it's okay to not have the monk there. The reason I don't like the monk is purely for flavor. It's not that I don't like its mechanics or I don't think it's strong enough because I've had players play a monk and they were infuriatingly hard to hit because he would just defend every turn mm-hmm. and I would get disadvantage in all my tackles. Mm-hmm. So it's not that they're a bad class per se. It's just it doesn't fit when you look at all of the other classes and the way they're presented in a medieval fantasy world. It doesn't bother me because so much of D&D is inspired by these sort of like weird semi-science fiction action adventure stories. Um, one of the things I've been doing this is kind of a tangent is I've been reading some of the stories that initially inspired Dungeons and Dragons and I can kind of see a Kung Fu monk just being there in a Conan story. Like, yeah, I traveled here. It's cool. So it doesn't really bother me in a way it used to. But I would say there are a lot of games it doesn't fit. Well, I'm just not a big fan of the monk for the same reasons Jacob is. And to be honest, one of my big gripes with the class is how it does not really fit into the mechanics of the game. So... You have regular classes that are very equipment dependent. The fighter's wearing his big heavy armor that becomes magical and he's using a magical longsword and shield. And then the monk is there, and this is less of an issue in 5th edition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say there's a very 3-5 criticism, but go ahead. No, it's an earlier edition criticism also, where the monk is expected to be punching things with his fists, so they don't really understand how to implement that into the game, and he's not supposed to wear armor, but also he's in a game where everyone's wearing armor, so it just doesn't work. he has a special magical ability called Key that no one else knows about or uses. But it's not actual magic, but it kind of is. It actually really depends on the variant. The monk varies quite a bit from monk to monk. So some of them are like basically last airbender kind of elemental monks. And some of them are basically magic shadow ninjas. Um, The monk, I will say, works kind of like the fighter where they are dependent on mechanics that regenerate on a short rest instead of a long rest. So they can kind of fill that role of being a consistent damage user like a rogue or a fighter. Um, I don't dislike the monk. I mean, I I get the criticism you guys are saying. I would say the current iteration of the monk is the only one I've ever not hated in Dungeons and Dragons because I fucking hated. I mean, I hated everything in fourth edition, but I fucking hated the third edition monk. It just wasn't good. Yeah. Commonly considered the worst class in 3rd edition by a pretty big margin. But if you got to 20th level, you got Diamond Soul and you were like immortal. You still get get that shit. Yeah, immortal until you got into a fight with something five levels lower than you. (laughs) (laughs) Or until you made a wizard 10 levels below you angry. (laughs) So the last class we're going to cover is the Warlock. The Warlock is a spellcaster 
uh, who primarily draws their magic from a pact. So it's like a witch from medieval folklore where they draw their magic from a pact with some sort of alien entity. Uh, the warlock is a little bit different from the other spellcasters in that they recuperate their spells on a short rest instead of a long rest, and they also have a lot of at-will magical abilities. So we kind of talked about They're cantrips. Pretty, pretty powerful. They're very powerful. We talked about cantrips, which the wizard has, which are at-will magical abilities. The, the warlock gets a lot more than that. Very, very dependent on that. Um, I fucking hate the warlock. I fucking hate that class. I, yeah, no, I don't even have a good, I don't have a lot good to say about it. So it's a very strong class. It's very, very powerful. I dislike the way it breaks the economy of the game in terms of this is how magic works. Magic works in that Vancean system where you have spell slots and you recuperate them daily and then you're either praying or meditating to sort of re-memorize your spells or for which spells you get. Warlocks are the only class that breaks that, that is magical, and I just don't like it. I've never liked that class. I think it's the most popular class right now. Didn't you play a warlock at one point? No, because I hate them. My issue with the warlock, and I don't hate it like Ryan does, clerics pray to their god and receive magic in the form of a divine blessing right mm -hmm. warlocks basically do what clerics do. yes it blurs the lines tom hates that but too. instead of a god you just have like a demon lord or the you know cthulhu from the outer realms except that there are also clerics of demon lords and cthulhu so what does it matter yeah, like how are these two things different like it's not clearly defined well the warlock is just a shittier edgelord cleric I cannot stand them for a couple of reasons. For first of all, I am not a big fan of at will magic and the warlock ramps that up with mm -hmm. its eldritch blast. I yeah. don't like the idea that this character in a game where you know you have spells per day is shooting laser bolts every round at monsters and it smacks too much of an epic fantasy which is I understand is personally just a matter of preference for myself. Um, but the idea that, okay, compare it to a cleric who is in servitude to a god in his church versus a warlock who he like makes a deal with some evil or some like super powerful entity and he like gets superpowers from it. It feels like a very high-level concept, whereas a cleric is a lower-level concept. It also doesn't make any fucking sense, because you always have some hand-wavy excuse for why the warlock doesn't have to worship whatever entity gave it its power. So it's like, ah, oh, yes, the uh, Cthulhu uh, was willing to grant you some of his power for mysterious reasons. You don't know why he's doing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I will say, actually, I think the Cthulhu warlocks are like siphoning off his power, something like that. But again, why can't you do all of that with a cleric and also not break the game? Uh, so those are all our personal preferences and our pet peeves. Um, so you can take them or leave them. If you have a different opinion, that's fine. Yeah. 
do what's fun for you. Absolutely, but it is something fun to talk about, and we hope you got some valuable information from sort of our review of the existing classes. That was Chapter 2, Part 3 of the Helpful NPCs Podcast. If you haven't listened yet, you can head on over to Chapter 2, Part 1, where we talk about races and backgrounds, or to Chapter 2, Part 2, where we talk about the core four character classes. Thank you for listening to the Helpful NPCs podcast. For more content, check us out at helpfulnpcs.com. If you have any feedback or requests for topics, you can reach us at info at helpfulnpcs.com. 